Good morning. On this, another Palm Sunday, as we come to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is a word. Our scripture reading will come from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 21, beginning at verse number 12 and ending at verse number 16. This morning, I'm going to read three translations of text, as I always study from three. The King James Version says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of God, they were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. The NIV, the New International Version reads, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. The New Living Translation reads this way. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the merchants and their customers. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the stalls of those selling doves. He said, the scripture declare, my temple will be called a place of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him, and he healed them there in the temple. Uh, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the little children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. But they were indignant. And asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? And Je yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Uh, this morning on this Palm Sunday, I, I want to use as a subject of thought, a temple visit before Calvary. A temple visit before Calvary. You see, when God looks into the body of believers uh, that represent the modern day church, 
often wonder and ask myself, is he really pleased? Is he pleased with the behavior of his saints? There seems to be many who believe that they have a right to do whatever they want to do in God's house. There are those who believe they have a right to say whatever they want to say in God's house. There are those who believe they have a right to be whatever they want to be in God's house. Uh, there are some folks who have no intentions of being in line or getting in line with the word of God. As a pastor, I'm often told how church folks will use uh, the electronic uh, devices uh, to, to disrespect God and, and the people of God. Uh, we are in the electronic age. While in worship, uh, some will use their iPads and phones to look at, at worldly things as if they are not in worship. There just seems to be uh, no respect for God. There, there just seems to be no reverence of God. There just seems to be no value for the word of God. I can sum it all up in one sentence. No respect for God in God's house where the people of God come together to worship him. Uh, we must remember, we must remember that when God's word is ignored and, and rejected by the members of the church, the purpose of the church is never seen in the church. Uh, we must remember that the building is not the church. Uh, I know many of our places of worship, uh, they are closed, but the church is not closed because uh, the believers are the church. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you represent the church. So wherever you are, the church is there. If you're in Walmart, the church is there. Uh, if you're at the grocery store, the church is there. If you're at the liquor store, the church is there because the church is a living organism. You see, the purpose of the church can be found in God's word. Over in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, John chapter 4, 23, Revelation 4 and 10, it tells us that the church, the purpose of the church is to worship God. 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 1 Corinthians 4 and 6 tells us that the church is to study God's word. Acts 2, 42 lets us know that the church uh, is to be a people of prayer. In other words, the church ought to be a praying church. John 13 and 35 and Philippians 1, 1 through 4 tells us that the church ought to be loving and kind, that we ought to love ye one another. Galatians 6 and 2 tell us that the church ought to be about helping one another. Luke 22, 19 through 20 tells us that the church participates and partake of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Titus 2, 11 and 12 tells us that the church is to learn how to live as godly people. Ephesians 4 and 12, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 tells us that the church is to be equipped to evangelize the world. I often, I often tell them at the Friendship Church that there's nowhere where, where God told, told the world to come to the church, but he did tell the church to go out into the world. Yes, the church. It's to be about the business of God that has been commanded and specified in his word. During Jesus' earthly ministry, the temple, which was the Jewish church during that day, had problems being about God's business. When we look at this text, when we look at uh, our, our sermon text, we find uh, in the background here that Jesus is now 
uh, in that final week of his earthly life in the flesh. Uh, his focus is now on Jerusalem. Uh, it is the beginning of Holy Week, and he's headed there. Jesus make a temple visit before Calvary. Uh, it is on this visit that Jesus demonstrates and teaches the purpose of the temple. In other words, here he, he demonstrates what the body of believers, when they come together, what the church should be about. First of all, in verse 12, if you walk with me through the text, and we won't hold you long, it says the temple, it lets us know that the temple is not to be a place where people are exploited. Look right there in verse 12, it says Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. You see, Jesus was disappointed and angry at what he found taking place in the temple, the place where God's people came together to worship God. He found church leaders being worldly in God's place of worship. He chased out all who were buying and selling in the temple, many of them cheating people. He, he turned over the tables of the money changers because many who came uh, their currency had to be exchanged for the currency that would be accepted and many of them were being cheated. He, he, he turned over the chairs of, of the dove dealers because many of them even cheated those who were looking to buy that perfect sacrifice. Verse 13 lets us know the temple is to be a house of prayer. Notice it says, right there in 13 it says, it is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Jesus quotes directly from Isaiah uh, 56 and 7 and Jeremiah 7 and 11. The religious leaders in the temple knew the word of God, but willingly violated what thus saith the Lord. The temple was to be a house of prayer, not for some people, but for all people. This included the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Everything done within the house of God was, was to be led uh, to prayer. Not only that, but to worship and communion of the Father. The temple, communion of the Father, the temple was not to be used for commercial purposes. Yeah, the temple was being used for everything but what had been instructed by God. Verse 14 lets us know that the temple is to be a place for ministry. Look at verse 14. It says, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Jesus used the temple as a place for ministry. And by such, he demonstrated that it was to be a place of ministry for all people. Those in need sim symbolized by the blind and the lame were able to come to Christ and worship and have their needs met. Yes, Jesus turned the temple into a place of healing. He turned the place, turned the temple into a place of worship. He, he turned the temple into a place for any and everybody. Didn't matter who they were, didn't matter where they came from. They had a need, they could meet it. It could be met right there in the temple. Verse 15 lets us know that the temple is to be a place where wonderful things are done. But notice what it says. It says, but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did 
and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna, the son of David, the text said that they were indignant. In other words, the religious leaders, they were mad. They were upset. They are displeased and they object to what they see and hear that is happening in the temple with the presence of the Lord. They were mad about a few things. The religious leaders were mad because their own establishment and worldly procedures for handling things in the temple had been disrupted by Jesus. They, 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 they were mad because Jesus ministered to the needs of common men. Everybody was accepted. They were mad because Jesus healed the lame. They were mad because Jesus gave sight to the blind. Then we find in verse 16 that the temple is to be a place where Christ is praised. Notice verse 16, it says, do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have, have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You have ordained praise. The religious leaders had a problem uh, with praises that were going up in the temple for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The children in the temple, the court of the Gentiles, they, they were crying out Hosanna to the son of David. The children in the temple were praising the Lord. These, these children are singing the same song that their parents sang the day before when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Notice they were the only ones that Jesus did not dismiss from the temple. The religious leaders were so mad, they questioned Jesus about the children praise. Jesus responded to them by quoting from Psalms 8-2, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies. Yes, Jesus insisted that he is to be praised. Jesus stopped by the temple and found that the leaders still were rejecting him. The leaders refused to praise him or acknowledge that he was the son of the true and living God. Yes, this same Jesus uh, still insists today that we are to praise him, that he must be praised. And yet there are those today who still reject who he is and what he stands for. Well, I don't know about you, but, but, but I do not need anyone to provoke my praise. Uh, when I think about the goodness of the Lord and what he has done for me, I, I can praise him. When I think about what the Lord and where he has brought me from, I, I can praise him. When I think about what he brought me through, I can praise him. When I think about, when I, when, when I think about being in my right mind, being able to get up to know who I am and where I am, that's enough to praise him all by myself. But when I think about how he protects me from seen and unseen dangers, I, I can praise him. Yes, on, on this Palm Sunday, we, we commemorate uh, the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. We remember that Jesus was, was headed to crucifixion on Good Friday. On Good Friday, it was there, it was there that, that he was crucified. It was on Good Friday that he was buried in a borrowed tomb and stayed there all night Friday, Friday night and Saturday. But early on that Sunday morning, the first day of the week, he got up with all power and trusted in his hand. Yes, yes, the church is to be about what the Lord has called the church to be about. The church, uh, we are to be a people of praise. We must remember that the building is not the church. That those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior 
We represent the church. So the church is still intact. The church is still present in the world. The church is still alive. The coronavirus has not killed the church. He said, upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So there's nothing that can destroy God's church but God himself. We ought to be thankful that we've got something to praise God for, even in times like this. Yes, he stopped by the temple on his way to Calvary. You would have thought at least in the temple where leaders had been teaching and prophesying that he would come, yet they still rejected him. Question is, in this modern day, have we rejected him? Have you rejected him? And God knows the truth in all of us. Let us pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this another opportunity in which you have allowed us, Father God, to get up and to see another day that we've never seen before. But above all, God, to praise you, to give you praise, not in some things, but all things. Lord, we continue to pray for our country. We continue to pray for the leaders of this country. We continue to pray for all those who have been affected by the coronavirus. We pray for all of those health workers, God, who come in contact. We pray for all other workers, Father God, who are vastly trying uh, to move equipment that is needed all across this country to help those. God, we're going to continue to keep our eyes on you. We're going to continue to know that you still are in charge of the world. The word reminds us, Father God, that the earth is the Lord's, and they that dwell therein, and all that is that is in the world belongs to you. So, God, we put it in your hands. And we're going to remain faithful as we move forward. No matter what it looks like, God, we know that you're still there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.